Hi, and welcome to All Things Cozy with Matt and Jillian. We are a bi-weekly podcast about everything that is warm, soft, and comforting. We discussed the Hallmark version of Hannah Swenson's delicious detective work when we talked about Murder, She Baked. And now, finally, we've gotten around to reading a Hannah Swenson cozy mystery. I'm very excited. So today we'll be discussing Joanne Fluke's Christmas Caramel Murder. But first, we'll be discussing what's making us feel cozy this week. Jillian, can you get us started? Sure. So I just came back from a two-week trip. I stopped in Milwaukee, Chicago, and then I ended in Toronto. And I hadn't spend, spent a lot of time in the Midwest before, um, only going for Chicago for two days and here and there. Um, so when I went to Milwaukee, it was actually a really heartwarming and nice experience. I feel like I'm going to say a cliche here, but people in the Midwest are so nice. I know. We are. It's it's unbelievable. It was I felt like I, if I almost was in a Hallmark movie, and it's not any airs. It's not, I guess there could be passive aggressiveness. I'm yeah. sure you can probably speak to that. But I s- experienced genuine interest from people I met. It's just an air of niceness all around. And, but they also speak their mind too. Yeah, I'm, I'm <laughs> glad you said that because there's a term that I've been reading recently, which is Midwest nice, mm-hmm. which is really to say that Outwardly, people from the Midwest seem kind, but behind closed doors, they're a different thing. But as a Midwesterner, at least from the Chicago area, I mean, the Midwest is a pretty large place, but Mm -hmm. to me, it's not an accurate representation of Midwestern culture. Mm -hmm. That being said, those silly, like, New Yorkers are like, LA people from LA are like, and then people in the Midwest are like, it only takes you so far, right? It's all generalization. Yeah, of course. Not everyone's like that. Um, you can't judge a book by, you know, it's where it's from. <laughs> that famous saying. That being said, I do feel like as a Midwesterner, I think that is a hallmark of at least what what I feel comfortable with is are people who are genuinely kind. Yes. But also like will be honest. Well, I have a perfect um, anecdote to that. Okay. <laughs> a Lyft driver um, picked my friend and I up. Actually, you go to a, one of the locations. I know we're not doing cozy locations anymore, but it plays into my, what's making you feel cozy. Um, the Bean and Barley. There's this lovely breakfast spot that also had a general store in it and also a General deli. stores are really cozy. They are really cozy. And they had big portions for for super cheap. So 10 bucks got me a ton of um, eggs with pesto on it, which is a good combination hmm. um, with tofu in it. Oh, and then, were they tofu eggs? No, I don't think so. It's just both. like, yeah, yeah, tofu mixed in with it. And it was really good. It was like a huge portion and endless coffee for 10 bucks. So anyway, it's not the point, but it's a, lo- <laughs> it's a lovely spot. And you should go check it out. But the woman who drove us there started off, you know, talking about her grandson who loves banana cream pie. She's like, oh, that mm-hmm. restaurant has really great banana cream pies. And she's a sweet little grandma. And she was, you know, asking all these questions, being really sweet. And then we went over a pothole and then she called it a walker hole, I guess, in reference to Scott Walker, is that his last name? Oh, okay. Yeah, that's yeah. definitely a, a Wisconsinism. Yeah, and then she launched into a tirade about him, then a tirade about Donald well, you were, Trump. You were, you were in the right car then, sounds like to me. I was, and she won this epic tirade about how she needs to be in a jumpsuit. Um, she said it at least three times, and she was super just honest just seeing what she felt, because I think maybe there would be this, I don't know, you could probably speak to it, but a generalization that Midwesters might speak their mind or something. But she was on it. She was just saying exactly how she felt, but also genuinely nice, which kind of you were saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I don't like that cliche either, but 
One more anecdote, and then I'll let you speak. Oh, no, go ahead. So it's, it's very telling to me. So we were, I was waiting from the Milwaukee um, train station, taking Amtrak to Chicago, and we're all waiting in line. It's a huge line, massive line. I guess everyone goes from Milwaukee, Chicago on the weekend. I don't know. So we're waiting, and then these men stroll in and cut the whole entire line. And so this one guy, he goes, you're really going to do that? <laughs> and then the guy goes, yeah. And that was it. If it was in Penn Station... People will be dead. Oh, my God. And so that was like another thing to me where I'm like, you know, it would have been The guy ended. said, yeah? Yeah. Well, that was, that, that was stunning to me. I was stunned. That was like the most crazy, like, rudeness I've seen in Milwaukee the whole time. But the guy was just like, you're really going to do that? And then afterwards, he said to his wife, they're not going to make any friends. <laughs> <laughs> so it was really sweet. It's a, it was lovely. Um, also a lot of cool spots and little restaurants in Milwaukee too. Yeah. Did you have a favorite? Well, like I said, the beans and barley, but just like little cute wine spots or restaurants mm-hmm. where it's like no, f- no frills, but good food, good portions, good prices. Can't beat it. <laughs> this has been brought to you by the Milwaukee tourism board. Yeah. <laughs> and then you went to Toronto. Yes. So you went everywhere cold during yeah, the winter time. I bought a coat specifically How, for was it. it. Was it cold? It was really cold, but I got a very good jacket at, I never know how to pronounce it, Uniqlo? Uniqlo yeah, yeah. And so it was a down jacket, my first ever puffy jacket because Aww. I was, yeah, I was avoiding it all my life. Uniqlo has, is famous for their puffy jackets. Oh, really? I had, mm-hmm. I had no idea. So I, I guess I got one and then I was just more for me frustrating taking off all the layers. Isn't yeah. Isn't frustrating? Like, and then you're like, what do you do with it? Do you throw it on the back of your chair, like your scarf? We do. Yeah. <laughs> mine would always fall on the floor and then one woman said oh stuff it in your pocket the jacket no the scarf and hat <laughs> oh yeah so what i do is i put my scarf and my hat in the arms of the coat yeah that would be smart mine mm-hmm. was just i i basically my scarf was on the airport floor is on the restaurant floor it was just probably carrying a bunch of germs i need to wash it or something yeah but, but you were cleaning the floor of the restaurants yeah, apparently so <laughs> i just want to say it was a very common relaxing time in the midwest toronto not as much. I mean, I liked it, but that's for another time. <laughs> yeah, Toronto, like, it took a couple of days for me to kind of figure out what I liked about it. It's a little bit of a harder nut to crack, in my opinion. But I think I think it is cozy. You just have to let it come to you. I think so. It's like a weird <laughs> mix, I think, between Chicago and New York. Yeah, it's somewhere in between. Somewhere in between. I can't put my finger on it, but... There is a weird way, I think, and I think it's just a matter of being an American in Canada, where it's uncanny how similar everything is but it's just a little different Mm -hmm. and so the overall feeling you get at least that i get as an american in canada is often just sort of unsettled yeah because i feel so comfortable everything looks the same basically but then there are just these like minor differences and i'm trying to figure out like whether I need to give a loony or a toonie to when I buy something. No, and it's, just... it's, it's really weird. It, no, that's a great way. I've never thought about it like that. It's like you're an op, not opposite world because it's so similar, but it's like something's off. The yeah. Invasion of the body snatchers. Yeah, exactly. No, it's, it's exactly like that. <laughs> something's off. Right. What's making me feel cozy this week are ceramic trees. Hmm. So it's the holiday season mm-hmm. and my decorations are all out. It's very and beautiful. Last year, I went to Target and saw these ceramic trees they were mm-hmm. selling. One was completely white, and then the other one was green. Mm-hmm. I liked them, but it's I don't I wasn't sure, so I did all this research on ceramic trees, only to kind of settle on the fact that the Target one was like was a the most price efficient, and b the other ones were just like antiques, and there was things wrong with them, and so it, it just kind of 
made more sense to get the new one. So I got it. So I got like the white ceramic tree. Yeah, it's beautiful. And what I love about ceramic trees, to me, they just remind me of my grandparents because they're kind of a more old fashioned decoration. I think they were kind of popular in the 50s, I want to say, 50s or 60s. It's a make throwback. It's a throwback. I think think it's sort of, it's like a vintagey feel to it. And they all light up? They all light up. Okay. Um, they're battery operated and they're on a timer, so they go on by themselves, which is nice. Oh, I like that. But, okay, so the ceramic tree was great. And, you know, at this point I have my eye out and I've noticed they're coming back. And this year, every single place I went, I went to Home Goods, I went to CVS, I went to Target uh, on, on the same day, and they all were selling ceramic trees. And I think that makes a trend. I think I they're think coming the back in a big way. And Target expanded. Instead of just having the big one, they now have a medium-sized one oh, for $15. That's a good price. And they have a ornament with a little hook on the bottom. And you string the light that you have on your tree oh, through it. I see. So the lights you have light up the, the tiny, tiny ceramic tree. And so they have three different sizes now. And I, I have the medium ones in both colors. And I, I actually want to go back and get the ornament so I can have the whole set. And I'm just <laughs> obsessed with them. They're just so... Tacky. <laughs> I think they're pretty. I mean, I like how it's like a rainbow light colored. Yeah, they're rainbow light colored and it's it's gaudy. And I, I, I think that's what I like about decorating for the holidays is you can be a little gaudy. Yeah. It's cozy. It's it feels kind of it reminds you of childhood. It's safe. Mm-hmm. And I, I like the ceramic trees to me are like that perfect encapsulation of reminding you, at least me personally, because of the grandparent connection, but just reminding me of I don't know, a decoration that like an old person would have in their house. Well, yeah, I think there's been a trend to go stark with your decorations. Right. And that's more in, you know, just white lights, not a lot of uh, ornaments and your ornaments have to match and or going over the look of like nature or or decorations, bare bones kind of aesthetic. But that's the antithesis of that, Mm -hmm. (laughs) which it's nice to switch it up. Right. And you have a lot of different decorations in your house, which I appreciate too. They're all so different and unique and special. And what are, I'm those little dancing. Oh, Christmas, the happy tappers the from happy Hallmark. The happy tappers, yes. I re- oh, don't get me started on the happy no, tappers. I know. That's a whole saga. I think, yeah, I think I was there when you not got, literally got them in your hands, but when you're on the hunt for them, I believe. Yeah. So it's, that's a nice memory too. But. Yeah, those happy tappers were hard won, but I'm very proud of them. Yeah. So yeah, I'll have to check that out. Do they have little ones? The, the ceramic trees, mm-hmm. they have little ornaments and they have like, they're maybe about four or five inches tall, the, the medium sized ones. They're just adorable. I have, I have two of them. They're, they're, they're perfect for little nooks mm-hmm. and crannies around your apartment. Yeah, I could see that. Well, that's really sweet. Popping in on those holiday trends. You, yeah, you're always on it. You should do a blog. Like a blog. Oh, I sound like I'm in 2005 or something. That's right, Jillian. I should start a blog. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You should start a blog. You always know what's trending. That's because I go to Target enough. <laughs> But you at the the Halloween, you knew that those teal pumpkins. Well, yeah, and ran. you were and you were right. They were because I I did more research after recorded. You know, which is a good policy when you have a podcast is to do the research after you recorded mm-hmm. the episode. You're right. So like those are that's a huge trend in order to say your child can trick or treat here and you don't have to worry about peanut allergies. Yeah, which is sweet, I guess. It's nice. It's nice. You don't. Yeah, you, I'm sure you yeah, have thoughts on it, but well, it won't expand. I, what can I say? It's it's ultimately it's from a very kind-hearted, great yes, place. Of course, like it's yeah. and it's for the kids. Like the and kids should be able to like without not fear. die. Yeah, without fear, go <laughs> trick or treating. But um, it's interesting they chose teal. But I guess it stands. It out stands out. Me. Yeah, it makes sense. It makes sense. Something's just got to change, you know. Yeah, it's gonna be the next Halloween color. Oh God. 
Orange, <laughs> black, and teal. And teal, yeah. That does it for what's making us feel cozy. And so it's time to talk about what we read this month. So we're keeping it festive. I knew, I've, we've known for a long time we were going to get around to Joanne Fluke. Yeah. She is a giant in the cozy mystery world. She has maybe one of the most popular Hallmark series based on her books. She is one of the most prolific uh, cozy mystery mm-hmm. authors. When I talk to other people about cozy mysteries, I feel like if they've read any of them, oftentimes Joanne Fluke's Hannah Swenson series are one of the mm-hmm. ones they probably read because they're just the most, I feel like they're the most promoted even in bookstores. If you like walk into a random Barnes and Noble, I see them the most. Yeah, I wonder, I mean, I'm not really sure why it's not a dig, but it's just because hers aren't terribly different from... Th- I think it's the recipes. And the recipes, and we also can get into it, but that was a big draw for me. Yeah. So I could see why. Yeah, I think I think it's that. I think that those two things together, um, they just make a, a different package and set them apart. And now, I mean, there are other cozies that have recipes, but not to the extent of Joanne Fluke's books. Just a little background on Joanne Fluke. Um, her, her pen name actually is Joanne Fluke. Her real name is Joanne Fishman. She was born in Minnesota, speaking of Midwestern. Yeah, there you go. She started as a thriller writer. I've actually gone to some used bookstores, and when I go to Joanne Fluke in the mystery section, some of her old thrillers are oh, still there. That's interesting. Have you read it? I haven't read I have. I, I've gotten them, but I've never taken the time to read them. Oh, we can put it on the cozy reading list. What's so cute, though, is I was watching an interview with her talking about her thriller past, and she said that she wanted to stop doing that because they were scaring her. Oh, <laughs> she was scaring herself? She was spooking herself with that's her thrillers. That's really cute. Um, so she wanted to move on to something a little lighter because it was pretty dark. And she definitely went the whole full throttle the other she way. She went the other way. I mean, but she was still kind of in the someone died territory, at that's least. That's true. You're right. And so, so far in the Hannah Swenson series, there are, there have been 24 books Mm -hmm. in that series. What's interesting about it is like, they're all based on a recipe. So the name of each book is one of the key recipes. And actually I realized listening to another one of her interviews that the recipe is found at the murder scene. Oh. So Christmas caramel murder makes sense because the caramels are found next Mm -hmm. to the body. Yeah. Interesting. That's kind of her, her theme, her hook. And again, yeah, so just to keep festive, we read one of her holiday books. She most recently came up with just another holiday one. Uh, I believe it's called Christmas Cake Murder. I like this title better. Yeah, this title is is a little better. So just to kind of go over what the story is about, all of the Hannah Swenson mysteries take place in Lake Eden, Minnesota. Um, it's a small town. And, and Hannah Swenson, when she's not solving mysteries, is the owner and operator of the cookie jar. And she runs that with her business partner, Lisa. Mm-hmm. And it's a really happening bakery. And it's because of her delicious delicacies that she can worm her way in and get information yeah. out of suspects because she just comes on over with a tray of muffins mm-hmm. and people just pour their hearts spill, out to her. Yeah, spill yeah. beans. <laughs> they spill, spill all the beans. beans. <laughs> I said spill their beans. We're all made of beans and we're just spilling them all. That's right. <laughs> Christmas Carol Murder um, is kind of set up in this framework where she's with her husband ross she's telling the story of the previous year's christmas yeah which is so weird which yeah which is which is very odd i will get into that later but that's the kind of bookend so it's a flashback the main story of of the mystery is this so it's christmas time and there's a big um production of a christmas carol Mm -hmm. happening at the lake for the lake eden players the people who are doing the concessions fell through and so um, she step in with Lisa. She steps in with Lisa to sell Christmas caramels and do popcorn at the play so that the theater company can make money. It's mm-hmm. a fundraiser. 
And in the process of that, Lisa's husband, Herb, Herb, that's right, is playing Santa Claus. And the tradition is after a Christmas carol, Mr. and Mrs. Claus come on stage and they give out presents to the kids. And so they go to a rehearsal to talk to the director of the playhouse. Mm -hmm. And as they're sitting in the wings and no one can see them there, Herb comes out with the new Mrs. Claus. And guess what? It's that slutty Phyllis Bates (laughs) who (laughs) has been sleeping with the mayor and was Herb's ex Mm -hmm. in high school, which is the big issue for Lisa. She is wearing a skimpy outfit (laughs) that the book says would put her on the naughty list. Yeah. (laughs) And they really want to emphasize that it's short. It is so short. Yeah. And And so she's wearing like fire engine red boots all the way up to her thigh and a really short little skirt and a plunging neckline. She comes out dressed like that. And it's also that the mayor chose her. And the mayor, oh yeah, the mayor forced her. The mayor said that she's going to be. Nepotism. That was like a nepotism thing. Anyway, the theater director is like, what are you wearing? Dresses her down in front of everybody. But then also directs her to kiss Mr. Claus. Yeah. Mr. Claus. No one says Mr. Claus, by the way. I don't know why I said that. I say Mr. I guess Mr. and Mrs., but Santa Claus. Anyway, it it sounds weird on its own. Mr. Claus. Mr. Claus. She kisses... She directs, like, do, like, a stage kiss. Out of nowhere, they've barely done any other... They've done no rehearsals. (laughs) You know, Phyllis is um, all about wrecking homes, and so she just goes for it anyway. Doesn't do a stage kiss. She kisses Herb. And Lisa is so upset because she saw the whole thing happen, and she feels like... Herb's going to cheat on her. You know, he's been staying too late at uh, Midnight every night. Midnight every night. And it just looks to her like there's an affair. Mm -hmm. She runs out and Hannah goes and consoles her. So they go to the corner tavern to drown their sorrows in cheese fries and burgers. After they eat, they find Phyllis's dead body in a ditch. Pretty much. With the Christmas Christmas caramels that they made that Phyllis, Mm -hmm. that, that Lisa made. Next to her body, which makes Lisa a prime suspect. Of course. Because she seems to have the motive because of her jealousy. Yeah, a lot of good suspects here. A lot of good suspects. I mean, just to kind of run down the list of suspects really quickly, it could be the mayor because of the affair. Maybe, you know, her. it could be the mayor's wife. Mm-hmm. It could be Herb. Um, Herb. It could be Lisa. It could be um, the theater company because of anyone in there. Like, there are a few people who work for it. The rest of the... Story is all about Hannah trying to figure out who the murderer is and trying to clear her friend's name. Also, while this is happening, she's having visions of her deceased father who's coming back to her like the ghost of Christmas past, future, and present. And giving her these And giving her clues like in in her dreams at night. Yeah, that's the story of Christmas Carol murder. Let's talk about initial impressions that are spoiler-free, and then we'll do a um, a spoiler discussion at at the end of that. And if you want to skip over that because you don't want to be spoiled, we'll, we'll give you a fair warning. I love, like uh, you said earlier, the recipes. They're very thorough. Mm -hmm. It's not just a little snippet. They're pages long, and they're all really good. I was getting really hungry as I was reading it, genuinely, especially since this is dessert-themed. I just love all the mentions of food throughout, even outside of the recipes, where they're talking about what they're baking and what they're going to make. That's always enjoyable as well. And Hannah isn't... A, a character that grates on you. Mm-hmm. She's, you know, persistent. Yeah. But she's not a character that I got annoyed with as easily as others. Right. And there wasn't a, as much mention of, you know, those city slickers versus no. the townies. Mm-hmm. It was just enjoying being in this town right. and in this space, which was a nice change of pace. I agree about the recipes. 
they are, of all the cozies I've read with recipes, they're the ones that I most want to try. Oh, yeah. There's a recipe for gingerbread pancakes mm-hmm. that I really want to try. Really and I great. think when I'm home for the holidays, I'm going to give it a whirl. You and do so, it on stories. Yeah, I will. So look forward to that. I, did, I made cookies last year on Instagram. This year, I'll make those gingerbread pancakes. Yeah. Because I really want to try those. I've read other cozies with recipes, and these are the first ones that I actually want to try. And they look really good. And I think what makes them special is that she has these little notes in them from Hannah. Yes. And so it's not just the the dry recipe. It's also Hannah's little notes inside of like, here's a tip. You know, this is going to happen unless you do that. So they're kind of foolproof because they really try to cover their bases and make sure that even if you are not good at baking, you can get through this. And in fact, Joanne Fluke, has her son's girlfriend, who she says can't boil, can't boil water. <laughs> sure, she loved to re- hear that. <laughs> yeah. Jeez. Well, she keeps saying it on national television. She has that person test all of the recipes. <laughs> I love that. That's and so so that they are foolproof, and she does them three times to make sure that the recipe is perfect and explicit, and it comes out. Right, every time. Yeah, I did notice a lot of parentheses with little yeah. instructions. Uh, I would like, I feel the same way as you do. I would definitely try out one of these recipes because a lot of times you just flip through recipes, you're like, okay, whatever. And then these ones I actually read and paid attention to. I also like that they're interspersed throughout the book mm-hmm. and they happen in the chapter immediately after they're mentioned in the story. And so you kind of get to take a break from the story and just mm-hmm. read a recipe. It's, it kind of worked for me. I like that little, yeah. the the back and forth and, Boy, is this ever just a really cozy and light read. Like, it's barely 200 pages, mm-hmm. and it's just so breezy. I, I think it was maybe one of the coziest cozy mysteries I've read all year. Yeah. Uh, it really, like you said, because it's just the townies all working, like, all interacting with each other, there's no sort of preachy theme happening here. There, It's just sort of like... Someone you know, got murdered. An episode of Murder, she wrote. That's kind of all All that's there. Yeah, and I, I think sometimes the downfall of Cozy Mysteries, they draw it out too long. Yeah. Or where they have, you know, run-ins with the murderer where they almost get killed, and then mm-hmm. all those, yeah, little hiccups along the way. But this was a, you know, a hardcore, hey, we're going to get, we're going to figure this out. And she did the, the legwork, and we had a resolution, and then it all tied up very nicely. Right. Which was appreciated. Yeah, it, was, it had a really nice, quick structure yeah, to it. Yeah, I like that. I also liked Hannah. Like you said, she's not grating. Mm-hmm. She is kind of an everywoman. And it, I also like the way that Joanne writes her. She's somebody that everybody can identify with. Mm-hmm. Because even her living situation, I think she might be the only cozy sleuth I can think of that's not in an urban cozy who lives in an apartment. Yeah, that's a good point. She sort Never of seems like economically more relatable. Yeah. Like, I don't know. She just, she has an apartment. She has a cat. Like she's, she's just sort of more normal to yeah. me than a lot of other cozy sleuths. That's a good point. Cause a lot of the times they're writing a bookstore and living in a mansion or, or like a, not mansion, a huge big Victorian home or whatever. Yeah. If there's any fault to Hannah is that she's so driven to solve these mysteries. It seems like she has no other defining trait well, <laughs> and her- that, and that everyone else in her life has to take a backseat to her obsession to the point that it seems like everyone else is resigned to the fact that Hannah's going to run around and solve the murder. Even the police, they're like, so what do you think, Hannah? Like, we're not going to stop you. You're just going to do it anyway. 
well, I guess it's good they, you know, lean into it. But yeah, she definitely was obsessed to the point where I'm doing is her bakery still running? Is she, what she, <laughs> who, who mans it when she's off? Dude. Yeah, because there are times when Lisa and her are out, and it's like, yeah. what's happening to the cookie jar? But, you know, I guess you don't need the cookie jar at 10 o'clock at night. That's true. And speaking of tropes, I like that they lean into not just, oh, you know, we're all used to Hannah solving murders, so we're going to get out of her way. They also lean into her Sladar, which is her ability to find dead bodies everywhere. Mm-hmm. And I think when you highlight those things in a story like this, it just sort of, I don't know, it, it's kind of a signal to the reader. They're like, the, the author is like, I know, like, this is this is the genre. We all know this is going to happen. And you're smart enough to realize it. I'm smart enough to realize it. And I'm, by ha- hanging a lantern on it, as writers like to say, I am basically respecting your intelligence too. Does yeah. that make any sense? No, well, she made poked fun at the murder count. Poked fun count. at it, right? Yeah, that that line where she said, yeah, it's a nice place to live minus the murder count. Right, exactly. So, yeah, you kind of have to poke fun at yourself because cozies are supposed to be lighthearted. Right, and I, I, I liked that it, she's comfortable enough to do that. Yeah, I thought that was for great. sure, yeah. And then finally, I really did like all the Christmas scenery. I felt mm-hmm. like she set the the scene really nicely. I got a good dose of festivity from the book. Yeah, I, I agree. All right, so next we're going to talk about things that we got stuck on a little bit. And fair warning, there's going to be spoilers in this section. So if you want to read Christmas Caramel Murder, and I, and to be honest, before we even get into this part, I recommend that you do. It's a mm-hmm. good holiday cozy. It'll put you in the, the holiday mood. Maybe fast forward a couple minutes into the podcast uh, so that we can kind of, we can talk about some of the stuff that we got uh, stuck on and some spoilers about the actual solving of the mystery yeah. itself. If you don't mind spoilers or you don't think you'll, you might not get around to reading this, uh, you know, keep listening. Yeah. So Jillian, what are you thinking? What, what were some things that uh, stuck out to you? Character names. Character names. I, that was not on my list. So describe. Okay. I don't want this to offend anyone who's named Phyllis. But I think if you're trying to make this, you know, sexy, like stereotypical bombshell, don't name her Phyllis. That's funny. I, I never even thought of that. Because it just kept on, you know, uh, like... Were you thinking of the Office character? I think that had part to do with it. But it's like naming her Betty or something. It's just like an old-timey name. That's true. And it just didn't fit with this character. And another thing about speaking of Phyllis, you know, I think in Cozy, a lot of characters are one-dimensional. But I think Cozy's, they also do is slut-shame a lot. Yeah. And to the point where you're feeling a little uncomfortable, you're like, Ugh. they meet with a dance teacher named Danielle, right? Mm-hmm. And Danielle was describing how Phyllis had a mentor named Bonnie. <laughs> you're right. All the names are just a, a, of a prior generation. <laughs> and yeah, and her, but it's like crazy. So, um, <laughs> and, and she was saying how, yeah, you know, Bonnie was trying to like make, you know, get, be a good girl with good morals, a good head on her shoulders, date nice guys. And I'm like, Mm, those guys good Phyllis went her separate ways you know <laughs> like she, you know the concept of like the good girl I see that a lot in cozies and there we got to talk about how short her skirt was like hey, we get it she liked provocative quote-unquote clothing you know so that was a little too much but um that was what I got a little stuck on uh and then the ending <laughs> so obviously spoiler alert if you didn't catch it but the murder ends up being Bonnie, an older woman, right? Who uh, Hannah had basically met her the foster her- mother of Phyllis. Yeah, basically, and, they, and in the 
dreams or flashbacks of her father, the first um, flashback, which I also has, I got stuck on because they, the, they scan over Bonnie's seat in this flashback, like yeah. a vision. So basically the first clue is all you really needed. Right. It's scanned right over Bonnie's seat. But um, Bonnie has this weird meltdown in the end where she's all drugged up. Yeah. It's it's like really crazy. So Hannah goes to confront Bonnie because she's solved the murder. Yeah. Bonnie is drugged out of her mind. Or she could just be ridden with guilt. She's def- Something's cracked. She's cracked. She's not making any sense. And she's talking about how she's going to... Basically says she's going to kill Hannah so she doesn't tell anybody. Then she's going to kill herself and kill her husband. <laughs> <laughs> and she tries to. Yeah, she really so, does. So, you know, in a stroke of luck for Hannah... The husband comes home, sees his wife pointing a gun at Hannah, wrestles Bonnie to the ground, and Hannah runs out, mm-hmm. and hears a gunshot. I guess he had to shoot his wife. Is that the implication? Yeah, he even said, he's like, she was going to kill Hannah. I didn't know what to do. I had to kill her. I had- <laughs> <laughs> it is the darkest ending well, yeah. imaginable. First of all, the person who killed... Phyllis. Phyllis. <laughs> Now I can't get over the name because you said you pointed that out. Well, and also you're right. The 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 book does slut shame, mm-hmm. but it is funny how that's like enough to make her a bad enough person to deserve to die. It's like, yeah, well, you know, she wore short skirts, so because well, that's 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 the, that's, the, that's the whole implication with most people get murdered in cozies is that they had it coming. Pretty and much, Phyllis, and it's not just that what she wore; it's also like how she lived her life, which is like basically from one married man to the mm-hmm. next. And that was the big thing for Bonnie. Mm-hmm. But yeah, to, to think that she killed her, basically her own daughter, and then... Stomped her uh, out. In, in the holidays. Yeah, stomped her out. <laughs> the way she killed her, too. It's like, so Matt, she knocked her to the ground. Died. Her head was bleeding. And so she curb stomped her. <laughs> I was not expecting it. It really was like a horror movie at the yeah. end. Because Bonnie's all drugged down. She's saying she wasn't a good girl. Wasn't a good girl. I had to stop. <laughs> I'm just imagining this old, wild woman in her bed. Like, wasn't she in her bed or something? She was, in, I think, in a chair. Okay. <laughs> and she said to stomp her out. I was horrified. Curb stomping Bonnie. Yeah. It, that was wild. But going off on what you were saying, how, like, you know, people in Cozy would have it coming. What really tickled my, what is, I don't know what I'm going to say, <laughs> but tickled me was that... <laughs> She, they were like, yeah, well, we had to find a new Santa Claus, um, Mrs. Claus. Yeah, you know, it's sad she died, but the show must go on. That's right. It's major murder. Th- yeah, ev- yeah, exactly. Everyone moves on really fast from Phyllis. No one really cared, for, no. first thing. Second thing, once you have this horrific homicide with Bonnie uh, being killed by her own husband and Hannah witnessing that, and everyone just moves on the next day. They're like, oh, well, that was a crazy turn of events. What? Yeah. Like, and what, then, they just sort of gloss over this incredibly disturbing ending to the murder. Yeah. And I don't know. I guess I enjoyed it be, like, because it's just so Weird? nutty. That yeah, it's I, so it, nutty. You know, it's like, oh, that, these are cozies for you. But I don't know. Yeah, it it, just, it did stick out to me as well as sort of being like, a, hmm. Yeah. And they only want to solve murders to vindicate their friends, not because it's a murder that this person deserves justice. <laughs> yeah, well, I actually was thinking, reading this book, that Phyllis deserved justice, and I think you, we could have ju- easily enjoyed it without making her into basically just a whore. Yeah, pretty much. Who, who had it coming, Yeah, you know? Pretty and, much. And it, it could have made it more poignant and beautiful. There could have been something a little more explored there. 
while still keeping the tone marginally light. Because that is the balance. And I get why you go into these sort of caricatures, because if you make the murder victim someone who's unlikable, Mm -hmm. you downplay the trauma of the death. And so the reader is more able to just kind of enjoy a light, fluffy thing. So I, I, I understand the the machinations behind all of it. I, I don't want to single out Joanne Flew because like they all do this. It's not just her. Yeah, of course. Um, and it is something to think about just like how can, how can we have a cozy mystery that's light and fluffy without vilifying the victims who mm-hmm. no matter how they live their lives don't deserve to die. Yeah. It's a tough, it's a, I guess a thin line. Yeah. Thin line, tight walk. I don't know. <laughs> it's a thin line of icing on a cupcake. Yeah. But anyways, <laughs> I, I, you know, I enjoyed it overall. Me too. Like, I don't, I don't want to lose the thread of how much I really mm-hmm. did enjoy this book and thought it was incredibly cozy and highly recommend it. But before we move on, there are two more things I want to quickly mention that I thought were funny and a little bit off. One was the ghost stuff, which I felt two ways about. On the one hand, I thought that it was really poignant. And when she talks about her father kissing her, yeah, and waking up with tears in her eyes. I felt that so de- it was such a real moment and I feel like that's just a thing that happens when you lose a, a family member and a, or a loved one. You have dreams of them and you do wake up crying like it just ha- I've, it's happened to me. I think it's, mm-hmm. I'm sure it's happened to a lot of people it's and so that sad, yeah. it, it made me relate to things that have happened to me and, and I I thought that was really beautiful. On the other hand, you have this sort of like Mr. Magoo Christmas carol like element yeah. of the ghost where it's like the way that he shows the memories is that he widens out into a screen. So yeah. he's like, he's like Casper, the friendly ghost <laughs> yeah, that or something. Was really strange. Yeah. Or he's like, Oh, it's like, Oh, I got to get into my shape first. Don't want to scare you. It's like, well, what are you looking like before? Like, right. Bones, skull and bones. Like, exactly. Or, or like, he's like, he desperately needs her to throw something through him when, when <laughs> I'm a ghost, throw something, throw something. Like he's like forcing her to do it. Yeah, and so, th- so there's, weird. I, I kind of <laughs> wish it was clearer that like these were dreams that Hannah was having because she left the TV on, which it's alluded to that that's happening. But it's also it also shows that it's actually real. And because it didn't really seem to lean either way, and I really thought it was so hokey that I yeah. wanted it to be obviously her dream and everyone to acknowledge that. But it seemed like Hannah really did believe that her father was giving her clues. Yeah, I agree with you. It was way too... Um zany yeah zany would be a great word for it maybe joanne was feeling a little zany when she was writing this yeah the ending it's 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 cute and it's funny like it's it has and and it can be really touching it really did touch me because i was thinking well with my dad you know visiting me i i think i yeah you imagine that what that would be like i hope he doesn't have a tv screen stomach right (laughs) (laughs) he's basically a teletubby yeah he's a teletubby or something the other thing that i thought was kind of funny was and this is just as a reader of her books sporadically because I've only this is the third Hannah Swenson book I've read um and I've read some short ones too in the omnibus books that come out I'm used to her dating the the police officer Mike who we flash back to mm-hmm. and I didn't realize that she's gotten married to a guy named Ross <laughs> and so in the beginning and the end I was like who the hell is Ross mm-hmm I don't think she ever even explains it. No. She doesn't even say Hannah's husband, Ross. Like, it's just sort of like she's talking to a guy named Ross. If you kind of are out of the loop in terms of her love triangle, you don't know who this person is. Like, is this from the guy from Friends? I don't know who yeah. this Ross is. Mally sniff a divorce in the future. Uh, yeah, I don't know. But 
I was like, what, what happened to Mike? And then she flashed backs to Mike, which is really confusing. Mm-hmm. And then also begs the question, if this happened last year, so like within one year, she dumped Mike and got married to Ross? Hannah rebounded hard. Well, I I hope there's a follow-up to that that yeah. explains that. So I, would, I, I did not like that bookend, not just because it was a little bit like unnecessary, but mm-hmm. also because I, I, I don't like this new Ross character. Ross, Ross is very random. Anyway, all that being said, very cozy. Love the Hannah Swenson series. Solid recipes. Classic cozies. Mm-hmm. Like, this is a hallmark of the genre. If you want, like, a, a an A-plus cozy mystery series where you really get, like, classic coziness, like, the Joanne Fluke Hannah Swenson series is... It's for you. You can't do better than it. It's just... It, it is, like, the prototypical cozy mystery. It was a very enjoyable read. Yeah. Per- perfect to get into the holiday spirit. Mm-hmm. There's something tapping at the, on the window. Do you hear that, Jillian? <laughs> For a second, I tried a new sound. <laughs> who, who will we discuss today on Celebrities That Call Us? The Celebrities That Call Us owl is at the window telling us it's time Aww. to wrap up our conversation for That's today. Cute. And I'll, I'll get us started. So my cozy celebrity, and I cannot believe that she has not been mentioned on this podcast yet, is Rosie O'Donnell. Mm-hmm. And I feel like she's so self-explanatory, I don't even want to explain anymore. I, if I have to explain why Rosie O'Donnell's cozy... You're listening to the wrong podcast. And she's a solid person. She's so cozy, especially when you look at her older work, her movies, her talk, her, show. Her talk show. She's the best pal yeah, type, she is. you know? She, she's just so funny and warm and kind of like mother-like and just, she's nurturing. Harriet the Spy. Harriet the Spy. Um, the Fosters. The Fosters. Really, the Rosie O'Donnell show is my favorite thing. I, I just I have really fond memories of watching that talk show when I was a kid Me with too. my grandma. Yeah. Um, she was super cozy on that show. I think it's the height of it. Yeah. A League of Their Own. Oh, yeah. So many classic cozy films with Rosie O'Donnell in it. But the reason I'm saying her is because it, because it is Christmas time. I'm listening to Christmas music a lot. And my favorite Christmas album of all time is A Rosie Christmas. I love that title. Yeah. So, A Rosie Christmas is Rosie O'Donnell's Christmas album that came out in 1999. Almost all of the tracks are Rosie O'Donnell singing with an A-list musical artist. Mm -hmm. And it's insane. It is the craziest Christmas album. And it has such heavy hitters, like, you won't believe it. On this album are Cher, Celine Dion, Trisha Yearwood, Billy Joel, NSYNC, Elmo, Gloria Stefan, oh Elton John, The Fugees, Lauren Hill, Darren Hayes, The Rugrats, it's 1999, uh, Donny Osmond, Rosemary Clooney, and Billy Porter. And it is just chock full of this top tier talent. And what's insane is they are duets. And so you'll hear like Elton John belting out White Christmas, and then Rosie O'Donnell will take a verse. And oh it's like, God. what the hell just happened? Bring back. <laughs> Well, good it's, for her. Yeah, no, it's amazing. Can you imagine the confidence being like, I'm going to go toe-to-toe with Celine Dion. Celine Dion's going to sing, and then I'm going to sing, and we're going to be right next to each other on the track. She does seem to have a lot of confidence, but not in a abrasive or frustrating way. Yeah. My favorite, favorite track from this album is Christmas Baby Please Come Home with Cher, and because it's the sheriest turn-of-the-century oh, turn album. Uh, sorry, sorry imagine. track. It's it's kind of in that um it's in that believe era. I'll I'll play it at the end of the episode. I'll, I'll we'll go out to that song. It is really out there, and it's my I think it might be my favorite Christmas song ever. It starts with with Cher going, 
It's Christmas. Oh, God, dear Lord. <laughs> now I have to listen to this album. For that reason, Rosie O'Donnell is my cozy celebrity. Well, you built a solid case. My cozy celebrity is Amy Acker. I've never heard of her. Probably lesser known, and I'm not too surprised. What no, is she in? No offense to her. Um, she was an angel. Um, I think she was an X-Men. She was an alias. But what I know her from, which she probably might not feel too thrilled about, is Lifetime's Dear Santa. Okay. And um, my friend was a big angel fan, so that's why we watched the the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's streaming on Netflix right now. And I just really enjoyed her her presence on screen. She's like a very comforting person. And I was like, okay, I didn't watch Angel, but I'll, I'll look, look into a little deeper. And I checked out her Instagram account, and it is full cozy content. Yeah, well, what's cozy about her Instagram account? Baking Christmas cookies. Check. Baking lots of food all the time. Check. Um, she's tons of photos with her dog. Check. <laughs> Just really not stage selfies, which is also is nice. Check. Um, yeah, pretty much she hit all <laughs> hit all the notes. Yeah. And when you just see her, she has this calming presence about her, which is nice. I guess it could kind of me compare her looks a little bit to Jennifer Garner, kind of. But maybe I'm just had that in my Who mind. I think is very cozy. Yeah, maybe I just had that in my mind because she was also on Alias. But some have disagreed um, on this podcast. But I think she's cozy. which is ridiculous. But yeah, <laughs> it's just I I think I need to start paying attention to more lesser known stars yeah. who are pulling their weight. Yeah, are charming. She was very charming. This dear Santa, uh, she played a spoiled rich girl. Surprise, surprise. Um, those characters are far and few in between in these Hallmark and Lifetime movies. Um, but yeah, I really enjoyed her and I hope she stars in more movies like that in the future, holiday films. Because she loves the holidays. It's all of her Instagram account. Yeah, and we'll talk more about those sorts of movies on our next episode. Yes. Um, which is going to be dedicated to Hallmark Christmas movies. Yes, we can't wait. And so it's a, perf- a perfectly themed uh, celebrity, celebrity. To, to wrap this episode up with. Yeah. Wonderful. What's your name again? Amy Acker. Amy Acker. Like Admiral Akbar, but Amy Acker. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Why not? <laughs> not really. Um, all right. So that brings us to our candle review. Mm-hmm. Um, we're burning a Christmas scent. So we're back on our patty, patty wax paddy wagon. And <laughs> with the library series again, sorry. So this is the Charles Dickens library mm-hmm. candle. It has notes of clove, tangerine, and juniper. There's a quote on it from Charles Dickens. I'm guessing it's from uh, A Christmas Carol, but it reads, I will honor Christmas in my heart and try to keep it all the year. And when I was reading that out to Jillian, I kept saying, I will humor Christmas in my heart, which is like such a condescending attitude toward Christmas. I know, yeah. That's not what he wrote. Anyway, that's what we're burning. I don't smell anything. I really don't either, but I never do. I think I really have, I need to get. I'm gonna I'm gonna no go in and out of the room. No, but usually I do, and then I I say like, oh no, I smell something. I smell the clove. But I don't. I smelled it when I opened it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go in and out of the room. Hold on. All right, listeners, I fully went out of the room, and I did not smell anything until I got really close. I smell clove too. That's all I smell. Yeah, I mean, I like clove, so I'll give it a half a wick just because I like clove really yeah. on no other basis. But, uh, yeah, it's hard to smell. Not a good what uh, throw, as you say. Not a great throw. So I'm just going to give it a half a wick. I think I'm going to give it a half a wick, too. I, I I had high expectations based on the way it smells when you just open the lid. But it's 
a very weak throw and, and it kind of it's very local to where it is. So mm-hmm. half a wick. Half a wick. Not the not the best patty wax we've we've burned on this podcast. And we're pretty big patty wax fans. Yeah, we we really are. We love a good patty. <laughs> patty cake, patty cake. Show us a can. <laughs> I know the little the rhyme. You're hired. <laughs> You're now in the Patty Wax marketing team. All right. Well, that about does it for us today. I, I do want to uh, apologize to everyone who was trying to get into the Facebook group. Uh, we messed up big time. No, no. Here's <laughs> and the thing. it was a glitch. But here's here's actually what I really noticed what had happened is I had logged out of the All Things Cozy account. Oh. And I was so used to being logged in on Facebook that at some point I guess I logged out of it and was just myself. And when I'm myself, I can't see the pending. And that was unbeknownst to me. I didn't realize you had to be logged in to see that. I thought I could see it as like an, as an administrator being just myself. And I couldn't. So maybe there was a change that a setting that Facebook changed possibly. But long story short, we couldn't see the people who had requested for like a month. And so we just checked the other day and there were like 12 people What was the waiting. frustrating part was that I would get a notification on my phone. I click it and nothing would happen. But when, and I would also go on my computer and I would log in with my computer and I would look and there'd be nothing. So that was the even frustrating mm-hmm. part. So then I was manually adding people, friending them, then manually adding them. <laughs> I'd have to be creepy. It's like, do you mind being my friend? And it's like this whole thing. That's just thing. Jillian's secret strategy to get more friends yeah, on Facebook. Like, so yeah, I, thank I you did for it. indulging yeah, her. I, did we, I think we figured it out now and We're it's working good. fine. So yeah. please join the Facebook group. It is open and running now. It broke my heart to think that. No, everyone is cozy enough. I it's <laughs> honestly just formality of me clicking the button. Everyone could come in. Yeah. There was this one time when I think a scammer tried to come in, but that was neither here nor there. Oh, we have scammers trying to get in? Well, it's just like a like clearly a fake account. Oh, okay. So I denied that. Okay. So we are blocking some people. Some just one person. The Russians aren't in, in this in the uh, group. But anyways, account. I want everyone to join. Please join. It's wonderful to see everyone. Doing it on, you know, just talking amongst themselves and yeah. doing their own thing. So, so keep that up and follow us on Instagram, on Facebook, mm-hmm. and stay tuned in the next couple weeks for a holiday episode. And also, so this is Sunday, December 2nd. Mm-hmm. This coming Friday, we're going to release our nominees for the Cozy Awards, for, t- for the second annual Cozy Awards. So very exciting. Mm-hmm. You're going to have a couple weeks to vote. Stay tuned. Check check out our social accounts on Friday so you can vote for our Cozy Awards. Yeah. Uh, looking forward to it. Uh, it's fun that we're doing this for a second time. Yeah. We're it's still doing exciting. this. exciting. Yeah. No, it's really exciting. I love it. I love because it gives also a little back to our to our listeners who mm-hmm. do our coziest listeners. That's, yeah. I love that, you know, acknowledging our listeners because they're my favorite part about it. It's this, nice so. to reflect on the year. Yeah. It's nice to reflect on the year and whatnot so keep 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 your eyes peeled as they say yeah and stay cozy bye it's christmas baby please come home